Mark chapter number one. We are still in chapter number one. Uh, uh, and we are studying the book of Mark, John Mark's gospel, uh, uh, sometimes called the, the, the gospel of Peter, uh, greatly influenced by the apostle Peter and what uh, his, his experiences were with the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, and I, I, I've got a lot of information today. Uh, we'll try to go through it quickly. Uh, but I, I, I was trying to, I was trying to preach the book of Mark the way he wrote it, just breezing through and touching here and there. Uh, but the more I dug, the more I got, and the more I got, the more I wanted to give you. So we're just going to slow down. Amen. Uh, uh, brother Dustin told me something, uh, this week. He said, well, we've got till Jesus comes. So I, that, that, that is true. Amen. There's no sense in being in a hurry. Uh, uh, just take it as it comes. And he said, even if it's too short, it's like my father said, nobody ever complained because a sermon was too short. Amen. All right. Mark chapter number one. Uh, we're going to start in verse number nine, verse number nine. Now I will say this. I will say this for everybody in the congregation today. That's a seasoned saint. Uh, if you're very, very familiar with the Bible and you've been in church a long time, the beginning's going to seem a little elementary, but in order to get the goody out of what we're talking about today, uh, I wanted to like go back to the beginning and address it to as if you had never heard the story. If you're with me, say amen. amen. In other words, if, if I, I was going in my, in my studies, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this. I'm going to treat this as if everybody in here has never been to church, never read the Bible. You're hearing this for the very first time. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. So if it seems a little elementary in the beginning, that's okay. We're going to get some traction and we'll get somewhere. All right. Uh, Mark chapter number one in verse number nine. If you're there, say amen. amen. John has been baptizing probably, probably for about uh, six months. He's been preaching to repent. He's been telling people there's somebody coming who's greater than I. He said, I'm not even worthy to latch his shoe. There's somebody on the way uh, that's going to baptize with the Holy Ghost, meaning save, deliver, but he's also going to baptize in fire. He's going to bring judgment. There's somebody coming. Well, where we have arrived today, he has come. The one that he's been talking about, the one that he's been preaching about, the one that he has been preparing the way has showed up. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan and straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opened and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, thou art my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Let's read all together. Let's all read together. You at Fairview read so I can hear you over here. All right. Verse number 10 and verse number 11. Let's all read together. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opened and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, thou art my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Let's pray. Holy Ghost, we, we need you today. We are in desperate need of an unction from glory. I pray that you'll help me to, 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 to share this message, share this truth. I pray that you'll give me the strength, give me the words. Don't let me say anything I'm not supposed to. Don't let me forget anything I need to say. Lord, we'll be careful to give you all the glory because as the song said, you are worthy of it all. And God, I pray that you will uh, help us today. Let us grow and mature and develop into stronger Christians today. In Jesus' name we pray and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. I... I was trying to figure out what I was going to title this and I almost titled it. I almost titled it. What happened in the water? What happened in the water? 
But I was a little nervous that you might think the water's what done it. So I just want to put it this way. I want to preach on the subject anointed, anointed. What does that mean? What happened to Jesus in the water? What happened when the spirit descended as a dove? What is so significant about that? What in the world happened in the water? Now, there's two, there's two Greek words that is used in, in one way in the English, anointing, anointed, anointing. And those two words are creo, creo, and chrisma, creo and chrisma. Now, uh, the word creo means to consecrate to an office or a religious service. In other words, that this person, if he has been anointed or, uh, or there is an anointing, he has been set apart for a specific purpose. Say that with me. He's been set apart for a. In other words, if God anointed somebody, God has taken him out from the crowd and saying, he belongs to me. He's going to do the thing that I am separating or calling him, consecrating him to do, whether it be to be a king, whether it to be to be a prophet, whatever it might be. Does that make sense? Amen. And then the charisma, charisma. That means a special endowment. In other words, in other words, he has given him a special ability. It's been translated in your, in your uh, King James Bible with the word unction, unction, uh, anointed, anointing, unction, which just means you've been given something special, a special ability, a special talent, a special power, so forth. If that makes sense, say amen. So when you think of the word anointing or anointed, it basically means two things. You have been set apart. You have been consecrated for a purpose, for a specific use. And you've been endowed with a special power, a special ability from the Holy Ghost. If that makes sense, say amen. Now, now, here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. We're going to go back to the beginning, right? In order to get all the goody out of what happened in the water, you got to, you got to understand what happened in the manger. Okay. So we're going to start it out with this. If you're taking notes, if you're following along, taking notes, I want you to write this word down. I want you to write the word incarnation, Incarnation. I don't know if I made that a blank or not, but is that, is that a blank in your notes? Okay. All right. Incarnation. What is the incarnation? It is when God became man. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Uh, about 2000 years ago, about 2000 years ago, there was a baby born. You remember I'm, I'm addressing y'all as if this is the first time you've ever heard it. Okay. Everybody with me? Say amen. About 2,000 years ago, there was a baby born. Now, now, this was not just any baby. And it was not just born as any other baby. This baby was born of a virgin. A virgin conceived and bare a child, a male child, and they named that baby Jesus. Now, now, this shouldn't have been a surprise. Now, that's kind of shocking to us, but that shouldn't have been a surprise to them because uh, years before this took place, the Jewish people had a prophet named Isaiah. And Isaiah said that God is going to send somebody, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. And the word Emmanuel means God with us. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Well, right before this baby, right before this baby arrived, there was an angel that came to a lady named Mary. Luke's 1.26 in your notes. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. She's engaged to him, but they have not been married. They've not come together yet. And the angel said unto her, hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Watch what he tells her. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great. Now watch this. 
he shall be called the son of the, the son of the highest, the son of God. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. Now, what was that? What was that? The apostle John, he talked about that very thing in John chapter number one, verse one. This is the way he described it. In the beginning was the word, capital W, the word. The, the, the expression, that, that word is, means expression. He was the expression of God. The, the, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. What, read this with me now. And the, the word was God. All right. In the beginning was the word. He was, he was before there was anything. Y'all with me? Jesus did not begin to exist in Bethlehem. He was before Abraham was. He told, he told the Pharisees, before Abraham was, I am. I, listen, Jesus existed before there was anything. Jesus was in the beginning. He was with God and he, he was God. Then what happened? Then what happened? The apostle John tells us, verse 14. And the word was made flesh. So what happened? God became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, his, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. So what happened in that, in that stable? Listen, in that manger in Bethlehem, God became man. Are y'all with me? God became man. God took upon him the form of a man. Now, uh, we, we know that Paul talks about this, right? Paul talks about this in Philippians. In Philippians, we see uh, chapter number two, verse number five. I told y'all it's gonna start out slow. I see some of y'all looking already. I promise you, we're gonna gain traction in just a minute. I, I went to the track last night. I went to the racetrack last night. Uh, yeah, drag racing. It was wonderful, Amen. And there was a white Chevrolet, uh, DJ, am I right? A white Chevrolet uh, that, that, that would stumble out the gates. Uh, he would stumble out the gate, went kind of slow. But when he caught his gear, he got yonder, son, let me tell you. He, he took off. And that's what's going to happen today. We're going we gonna to slow out the gates, but when we catch traction, you better hold on. Say amen. Okay, now watch this. We know Isaiah said there was going to be a baby born in a special way by a virgin. We, we know the angel told Mary that, that she was going to be the mother of that baby. And that baby would be called the son of the highest, the son of God. We know that John said that this baby was God. This baby was God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word Listen, the same took on flesh. The word became flesh and we saw it, John says. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Well, Paul elaborates on this. Paul elaborates on this in a little more detail. Now, this is what the apostle Paul says about that. Look what it says in Philippians chapter two, verse five. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Watch this now. Who being in the form of God, that, that's the word is morphe, which means the structure, the form, the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Now I want you to, in your notes, underline the word made, underline the word made, but made himself of no reputation. This is the word, the Greek word kenosis. And that word means, write this somewhere beside that, it means to empty. To empty. He made himself of no reputation. He emptied himself. He emptied himself. God, now watch this. Let me, let me, let me explain. Let me explain because the verse it's kind of confusing a little bit when you just read it. Uh, he thought it not robbery to be equal. What in the world does that mean? Thought it not robbery to be equal with God. This is what it means. This is what it means. If, if we was talking today in Alabama, this is what it means. He had the power of God, the prerogatives of God, the privileges of God, all that went with being God, but he didn't selfishly hold on to those. He willingly laid them down. Laid them down. 
Now watch this. Now watch this. Now everybody, you got to get this. Don't miss this part. Don't miss this part. He never ceased from being God. He never ceased from being God. He never ceased from having the power of God. He never ceased from being omniscient and omnipotent. And are y'all with me? Um, He, listen, he was fully God. He didn't stop being God and become man. He was God who became man. He didn't subtract. He just added. Are y'all with me? Now, instead of just God, he is God and man. He is the son of God, God, the son, the man, God, God, the man. Are y'all with me? So he's all God and all man. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, what's the big deal? Oh, it's a big deal. So what does it mean that he emptied himself? This is what it means. Even though he had the privilege, even though he had the prerogatives, even though he had the right to act as God while he was here on this earth, He emptied himself of those privileges. He emptied himself of those prerogatives. He set aside and said, even though I have the power, I am going to live as a man so I can be the sacrifice for man because a man sinned, a man had to pay the penalty for sin. And see, he, instead of you paying the penalty, he came to pay it for you. Say amen. But the only way he could do that is if he became man, a man sinned, a man had to die. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. So what does that mean? What does that mean for us? That means this, even though, even though, listen, you remember when he was in, in the wilderness, right after this, we, we, we read that he was put in, he was sent in the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, right? And he fasted 40 days. Guess what happens when you don't eat? I can see y'all hadn't died in a while. What happens when you don't eat? You get hungry. What did the devil say to Jesus about the stones? Turn them into bread. Guess what? He had the power to do it. As God. Y'all with me? But he didn't. Watch this. What happened when there was thousands and thousands of people at his sermon and they were hungry? What did he do? He fed them. The same one who refused to turn the stones into bread, even though he had power, turned around and fed thousands of hungry people. Why? Watch this now. This is where, this is where the rubber meets the road. What did it mean for him to empty himself? He said he laid aside his privileges, his prerogatives to live independently and, and, and act independently of the father. Watch this. Watch this. Look what the verse says. It says this. Two things I want you to write down. Two things write down. What does it mean? In the incarnation. What did he do in the incarnation? He unselfishly surrendered. Write that down. He unselfishly surrendered. He willingly relinquished the independent use of his divine rights, privileges, and powers as God. He submitted himself to the power of the Holy Spirit and the will of the Father. Now write this down, write B, and then we'll talk about it and we'll move on. What was A? He he did not selfishly hold on to his privilege. Then B, he unconditionally submitted. He unconditionally submitted. Watch this. Watch this. John 4, 34. Jesus saith unto them, my meat or my fulfillment, that's what that means, my satisfaction, my fulfillment, what pleases me, what satisfies me, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. John 6, 38. For I came down from heaven not to do mine, but the that sent me. John 8, 29. And he that sent me is, and the father hath not left me alone. Watch this now. Everybody read it all together. For I do. Okay. Watch this. Watch this. 
You have God the Father, you have God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Are y'all with me? They are all equal. They have all equal powers. They have all equal abilities. They have all equal worth. Explain that. We will get that when we get to heaven. But you have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God the Son set aside all of his privileges, all of his prerogatives to act in the power of God. He said, I will live as a human and I will completely, totally submit to what the Father wants. I won't do my own. I'll only do what the Father leads me to do. That's why he didn't turn the stones into bread because that was not his father's will. His father's will was for him to be tested, for him to suffer, for him to go through that and defeat the temptation of the devil. Why did he feed the thousand? Because it was his father's will to feed the hungry people. He didn't operate outside of the directions and the wishes of his father. You remember in the garden, Father, I know all things are possible unto thee. I know you can do anything you want to do. What did Jesus say? My will is for this cup to pass from me, but not. Does this make sense? God, the son, God, the son in his kenosis. When he was incarnated, when he came to this earth and became a man, he set aside the independent use of of his privileges, of his powers, of his abilities, of his rights as God to submit completely to whatever the father says for him to do. And the only power he would use and exercise would be the power. Watch this. You got to follow this would be the power that the father gave him through the Holy Ghost. He lived as a human and he only operated when he did what he did through the power of the. That's so important. You got to get this. I'm telling you, when we get to number three, you're going to, you're going to get it. He came to this earth. He took upon him the form of a servant was made in the likeness of men. He got hungry like you do. Listen, he bled like you do. He got tired like you do. He got weary like you do. He got grieved like you do. Hit, are y'all with me? And he only did what the father said for him to do. He fully, completely submitted to the will of his father. And he only used the power that the father gave him through the... The Holy Ghost was involved in his birth. The Holy Ghost was involved in his, uh, uh, listen, his miracles. The Holy Ghost was involved in his death. The Holy Ghost was involved in his resurrection. Everything he did on earth, he did by the power of the. That's what it meant. That's what the incarnation was, that he would live completely 100% as a man submitted to God the Father in heaven and he would only operate with the power that God gave him through the. Are y'all with me? So with that being said, with that being said, let's look at point number two. Does everybody understand the, the incarnation? Say amen. The word God became flesh. He didn't cease to be God, but he laid aside those privileges. All right, now, now, Then we see the inauguration. Write that word down. And you can put beside it, you can put beside it if you want to, uh, coronation, if that helps you a little better. Like the coronation of a king. Inauguration, I had to use it for an I, say amen. The inauguration. What happened in the water? This was the inauguration of King Jesus. This was the beginning of, This was the designation. This is when we celebrate. Basically, it's like this. This is where the king was crowned to begin his ministry. If that makes sense, say amen. Now watch this. Let's read. Let's read. Let's read. Okay. Look what it says. It says in verse nine, and it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth, a man, a man named Jesus who had an unusual birth, who, and by the way, by the way, 
Everybody, everybody, when you see these, these shows and these movies that Hollywood puts out and you have this, this toddler Jesus who, who touches a broken wing of a butterfly and it heals it, that's baloney. That's baloney. All right? Don't follow Hollywood to get your theology. Jesus never did a miracle till after his inauguration. And I can prove it. He never did a miracle. We don't know anything about him. He grew up in obscurity on the outskirts of Israel. And, and listen, when he was born, he was raised in Nazareth. Nazareth was nothing. That's why they said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? It was such an obscure village. It was in, so here John is baptizing, right? John's baptizing. He, now, now if you was looking at a map, if you was looking at a map, Jesus grew up way up here. John grew up way down here. Now, there's no doubt, there's no doubt that John knew that Jesus was God's son. He didn't know what he looked like because most likely his parents were very, very elderly when he was born. So he was very young when they died. And he grew up down here in the wilderness. He grew up in the wilderness. But I'm sure, without a doubt, his mama said, listen, your cousin is God's son. Because Elizabeth and Mary had the conversation. Are y'all with me? And, and, and so there's no doubt he knew. But this was the very first meeting they have. And, and as far as we can tell, it's the only meeting recorded with Jesus and John the Baptist. The only time face to face in the So imagine this. He's, he, he, he knows it. He's coming. He knows, he's, don't, he's never seen him before. He knows who he is. But he's never seen him before. He wouldn't recognize him if he, you know. And so here Jesus, or John is baptizing. Six months he's been preaching. Six months he's had revival. Six months. Somebody's coming. Somebody's coming. Somebody's coming. Six months. Whoa, he's going to come and baptize with fire and the Holy Ghost. And all of a sudden this man named Jesus shows up. And he's standing in front of John. And he says, I am Jesus. And I'm telling you what, John gets shook up. For the first time, he is looking eyeball to eyeball with the one who made him leap in his mother's womb. And you know the Holy Ghost is just jumping up and down in his soul right there. And, 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 and he says, I need you to baptize me. And John says, oh my goodness. I'm baptizing the baptism of repentance. You're sinless. You don't need to repent. He said, I need you to do this to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, what did that mean? That means this was my father's what was Jesus doing? The, hallelujah. The one who had no sin in his baptism was identifying with those who had no righteousness. So what was he doing? He was a man, God the Son, the flesh, in the, the, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And now, according to the father's will, to be obedient to his father, he must be baptized to identify with the sinners he came to save. John said, okay. And see, John, you remember what we learned last week? That God told John in the wilderness before he came and started preaching and baptizing. He said, I'm going to give you a sign so you'll know and be affirmed who the Messiah is. When you see the heavens open and the spirit descend as a dove and light upon him. That's him. So here we are. This man from Nazareth shows up to the revival service. John, John hears his name. John knows this is him. So he baptizes him. When he comes up out of the water, the Bible says Jesus is praying. All of a sudden, all of a sudden the heavens rend. And, that, and it's the same word used in the, in, the, in the temple. You remember when Jesus died on the cross in the, in the veil, in the temple, the curtain in the, ripped from top to bottom. It was a rending, a tearing in the heavens. So this was a significant event. This wasn't all of a sudden a dove appears in the sky. And you, no, no, no. This was a significant event. Jesus is in the water with, with John and, and they look up and the heavens just part ways and here the Holy Spirit descends slowly, gently, softly. 
And the Bible says lights upon him, abides with him. One, one gospel writer says. In other words, it stayed with him. What was that? What was taking place when that happened? Let me give you two things and we'll talk about it. Let me give you two things. First of all, first of all, let's look in Luke chapter three. It's right there in your notes right there. Jesus tells what happens to him in that moment. Okay. Now, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened and the Holy Ghost, say it with me, and the descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him and a voice. Now, now keep in mind, he's not saying he was a dove. He looked like a dove. It was in a form and in, in, in a shape. So don't, we don't need to be going out of here saying the Holy Ghost is a bird. <laughs> That's not what he's saying. Like, look like, okay. In, in a form, does that make sense everybody? And I believe that was the gentleness, the meekness of a dove. We're to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves, right? That's what this is representing. Okay. A voice came from heaven, which said, thou art my beloved son and in thee, I am well pleased. Now watch what happens right after this. Watch what happens after this. The Holy Spirit descends on this man, on this man. Y'all with me? The word became So he is a man. He's all man, right? Now watch. Now the Holy Spirit's on him. What did, what did, what did, (laughs) but ye shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost is come upon you. What did the Holy Ghost do to Jesus right then? Came upon him. Now watch what happens. Luke four. And Jesus being, say it with me, being. That means controlled by. Be be not drunk with wine. Everybody last night, Friday night and Thursday night. (laughs) Be not drunk with wine. What's that mean? Under the influence, controlled by. But be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. So that means now Jesus is being controlled. The man, the man Jesus is being controlled by the Holy Spirit. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now watch what happens. Watch what happens. It says after he was controlled by the Holy Ghost, he returned from Jordan and was. Come on everybody. And was. So he submits to the Holy Ghost. Then he is led by the Holy Ghost. Are y'all with me? Now watch this. This is so good. Verse 14. And Jesus returned in the. All right. The Holy Ghost comes upon him. The Holy Ghost takes control. The Holy Ghost leads. And now he has. Y'all getting this? This man who has lived, who has operated his whole life for 30 years in human power because he voluntarily slayed aside, emptied himself of his privileges and prerogatives. Now he's been endued with the power of the Holy Ghost. Y'all with me? Watch this. So Jesus says, what happened? He comes to Nazareth. He goes back home. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up and as his custom was, oh, that's important for you guys. You guys that show up every now and then, it was his custom to go to church. Okay. It says he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found a place where it is written. Now we're fixing this. We're fixing to learn what happened in the water. This is what Jesus read. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath, say it. Say it again. He hath. Then we said, 
to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Preacher, what are you saying? All that he was going to have to do to be in the will of the Father, he was going to have to do by the power of the Holy Ghost. What does that tell us ministers today? What does that tell the singers in the choir and the, the servants in the house? We need the touch of the Holy Ghost. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So what did Jesus just admit right here? He said, let me tell you what happened in the water. I got anointed. I got anointed. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. We, we heard the heavens open. Here come the spirit. And I believe this. I believe this. Now, when you get saved today, we don't see a dove falling on you here at the altar. But I believe God did it on purpose there to prove and to give an example of what it was. They let them visually see it so they would know this is what happened. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now watch this. Two things I want you to write down. What happened in the water? What happened in the water? This was, this was Jesus' inauguration. He was going to begin his ministry. His ministry did not begin in the manger. His ministry did not begin growing up as a carpenter's son. It did, listen, his ministry began in the water. And in that inauguration, two things happened. First of all, there was ministerial authorization. There was ministerial authorization. What did, what did, what did God the Father say? This is my beloved Son in whom I am well. He is giving his affirmation and authorization. Now, where do we get the word authority from? Authorization. Why, how, how do we get that? Now, now let me say this because I'm running out of time. I got to hurry. I got to hurry. Do y'all remember when Jesus is teaching and he's doing what he's doing and he's cleansing the temple, running them out, getting, I mean, dealing with them and the, and the religious crowd come to him, the Pharisees and the scribes, they come to him and said, by what authority are you doing what you're doing? Y'all remember that? He said, I got, I got a question for you. I got a question for you. He said, let me ask you a question. John's baptism, was it of God? And the scribes and the Pharisees said, uh-oh, uh-oh. Now, what are they questioning? His authority, his authority. And this is what they said. Now, if we say that it was of God, then Jesus is going to say, then why didn't you believe him? Because it was John who said, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. It was John who witnessed there and, and saw that the authority given to him by his father, the affirmation of his father, the voice from heaven, the visual form of the dove lighting upon him. John testified of the authority of Jesus to do what he did. He said, now, if we say he was of God, they, he's going to say, why didn't we believe what John said? Why didn't we believe the message John had? Why didn't we believe when John said this was the Messiah? But if we say he wasn't of God, then they're going to stone us because all the people think he was a prophet. This is what they said. We cannot tell. It's kind of like when they asked those appointments to the, the bench. What is a woman? How insane is our country today? He said, we cannot tell. Jesus said, well, I'm not going to tell you then. Have a good day. Because Jesus knew if they're not going to accept the testimony of John and what happened in the water, it doesn't matter what he says to them. What was happening in the water? God the Father was authorizing the ministry of God the Son. I am well pleased. Are y'all with me? Say amen. But not only that, what is that word? What is that word? That's the first word, right? What, what do we say? Those two words? What do we say? Those two words? Uh, in, 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 in Creo, 
You see, the authorization is the creo. He's setting him apart. God the Father in the water set apart God the Son, the human, the man, Jesus. He consecrated him for the ministry he called him to do. Then we see a miraculous empowerment. That's chrisma. Chrisma, which means endued with ability. What happened in the water? God, the Father, gave the Holy Ghost to God the Son for the power he would need to do what he'd been called to do. Let me prove it. Let me prove it. I promise you I'm going somewhere. Matthew, I can hear the turbos spooling up right now, DJ. I can feel it right now. We fix take off. Watch what it says, Matthew 12, 28. But if I cast out, this is Jesus speaking. You remember when they accused him? You're doing what you're doing by the power of the devil. Y'all remember that? And then you remember the, the lesson Jesus gave? Uh, uh, a house that's, uh, that, that fighteth against itself cannot stand. They were accusing Jesus of doing the miracles he did by the power of Satan. Right? But watch what Jesus says. Watch what Jesus says. Matthew 12, 28. But if I cast out devils by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So how did Jesus cast out devils by the, which we call the, the Holy Ghost. Now watch this. Look in Acts 10. This, this, this says it as clear as any verse in the Bible. Acts 10, 36, the word which God said, sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. You remember the man, the man, Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word, I say, you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after what? The The baptism which John preached. Watch what happened. How God, what? Anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the and with what happened in the water, y'all. God anointed Jesus the man with the power of the Holy Ghost. What did he do? When he got that power, he went about doing and and what? Healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. What happened in the water? A man shows up who was God the son. Who had lived 30 years just like you and me. He had laid aside his privileges and his prerogatives. To act independent. Could he have turned the stones into bread? Absolutely. He had the power. But he said while he was here on this earth, he would lay that aside and humble himself and become obedient and take on the form of a servant and be made in the likeness of man. And I'm going to live that way. I'm going to submit and surrender those privileges and prerogatives and abilities that I have. And I'm going to live as a man. And I'm only going to do what pleases my father. I'm going to completely submit. Listen, the, the God, the son submitted to the direction and the will and the, the wants and desires of God, the father. So this man is standing in the water with John. He, he is obedient to the direction of his father and is identified with sinners. He comes up. And God is happy and he sends the Holy Spirit and anoints him, anoints him. In that anointing, he is consecrated, he is set aside, he is set apart, and he is endowed with the power of the Holy Ghost. And in that moment, he begins his ministry And being submitted to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit leads him to be tempted in the wilderness. 
He completely submits and obeys his father. He's ministered to by angels and he comes out in the power of the Holy Ghost. He heals blinded eyes with the power of the Holy Ghost because the father said to. The father said, heal this lame man. So in the power of the Holy Ghost, he heals this lame man. The father says, walk on this water right here. And in the power of the Holy Ghost, he walks on water. Listen, in the direction of his father, he calms the storm by the power of the Holy Ghost. By the direction of his father, he raises the dead by the power of the Holy Ghost. We all there? Now watch this. Number three. The implication. What does that mean to us? (laughs) How many of y'all know the Bible says that Jesus was our example? Y'all with me? Watch this. Watch this. Can we all agree, before we go any further, I hope I have not totally confused everybody. But can we all agree that Jesus was all man? He got hungry. He got tired. We can see many instances where he was hungry. You remember when he sat at the well, he was weary at the well. He hungered. He thirsted. All of these things. He was man. How many of us would all agree that he was anointed? He was empowered. Right? Now watch this. Watch this. Watch what the Bible says about you. If you're born again. 1 John 2.20 But ye, talking about born again believers, ye have an unction. That's that word charisma. A special endowment. A special ability. Special power. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying the same thing that happened to Jesus in the water happened at you at the altar. The moment you got saved, God gave you an unction. God gave you the Holy Ghost. Say amen. Watch this now. 1 John 2, 27. But the, come on everybody, but the, which ye have received of him abideth in you. And you need not that any man teach you, but as the same teaches you all things and is truth and is no lie, even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide it. Preacher, what are you saying? That means everybody in here, if you will take your Bible home and you'll read it and ask for God's help and spend time with him, that thing in you will give you the ability to understand what you're reading. How's that possible? Because you have an anointing. You have an unction. Say amen. Watch this. It gets better. Acts 1 8. Acts 1 8. But ye, talking about the believer, the believer, ye shall receive what? After that, the is come upon you. Now, when does the Holy Ghost come upon you? The moment that you believe. Let me show you. Ephesians 1 13. In whom ye trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth. In other words, you trusted, you believed, you got saved. The gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye what? Ye were with that. What is he saying? After you believed, you were sealed by the Holy Ghost. You were given the same thing. That Jesus was given in the water. Are y'all following this? Watch this. 2 Corinthians 1 21. Now he which establisheth us with you in Christ. And hath. Say it again. Say it again. Is God. Who hath also sealed us. And given the earnest of the spirit. In our hearts. Now, I didn't know what that earnest was till I moved to Alabama. We never owned a home growing up. Dad stayed in, we, we lived in the parsonage, the, the, the house that the church provided. We never owned a home, never bought a home, never knew anything about that. And don't be closing stuff up, I'm not done. Look at me. Look here. 
I got to Alabama and we was looking for a house and, and, and we found one we thought we could afford. And so we wanted, to, we wanted to make an offer, right? We went to the realtor. The realtor said, okay, I, that's good with the offer. I need some, I need $500 earnest money. I said, what? I, I'd never heard of that. I didn't know what that was. The only earnest I knew went to camp. Say amen. Ernest, she saw the puzzled look on my face. I said, what in the world is Ernest money? She said, oh, 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 let me tell you what that is. That just means you're going to put this money down to let the owners know you are serious about your offer. My soul, the Holy Ghost jumped in my, I'm telling you what, right in that moment, I thought of that verse. You say, what is the Holy Ghost? It is God the Father telling you, I'm serious about my offer of heaven. I'm serious about my offer of salvation. I'm serious about my offer of redemption and forgiveness. And listen, I'm going to give you a down payment. I'm going to give you the earnest of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to seal you. I'm going to give you an unction. I'm going to give you a power. I'm going to consecrate you and separate you to myself. Say amen. What does that mean to me? That means this. If you are a child of God, if you are a born again believer, the minute that you believe the same thing that happened to Jesus in the water happened to you at the altar, at the pew, in the car, in the woods, wherever it was that you got saved and you have been anointed, you have been sealed, you have been given a special power of the Holy Ghost. Everywhere you go, you have the Holy Ghost. So So stop living in defeat. Stop living in frustration. Stop living in power. There is an ability in you that you are not utilizing that you need to start. Preacher, what do you mean? I'm saying this. The same power that raised Lazarus from the dead is in you. The same power that gave Jesus the ability to walk on water is in you. Jesus didn't do it in the power of the Son. He did it in the power of the Holy Ghost. Why do you think he defeated the devil with the word of God? Because that's what you have. Jesus could have in himself took his finger and flipped the devil off of the planet. But guess what? You couldn't. So what did he do? Watch this now. This is so big. This is so big. Jesus lived his entire life all the way through just like you. He never used his own power. He never did what he wanted to do his whole life. He was completely submitted to the will of his father and only used the power that the father gave him by the Holy Ghost. Say, what, what does that mean to me? You can too. There are so many defeated Christians. I'm way over time, but I need you to get this. I see Christians all the time just frustrated and, and hurting and broken and on the, on the Facebook whining about everything. We're not victims. We're victors. What happened to the verse that said you are more than conquerors? You're anointed. You're anointed. If you're saved, what happened in that water happened to you. And all God's people say it.